Welcome to the 76th annual Hunger Games. I'm Rowan Wood. I'm Davis Mathis. And we're dating, and we like to talk about movies and stuff together. And this is our podcast, yeah. Runtime Babe. Welcome. And if you didn't guess from, from Rowan at the beginning, um, today we're going to be talking about the Hunger Games. Actually, the whole franchise. Mm-hmm. Um, all four of them. All four of them. Soon to be five of them. Hell fucking yeah. Um... So we, this past week, watched The Hunger Games, Catching Fire, and Mockingjay Parts 1 and 2, and we were like, we should make a podcast on them because they, you know, I hadn't rewatched them since they first came out. Mm-hmm. I think I'd rewatched probably the first one, maybe parts of Catching Fire. Yeah. Um, had never revisited Mockingjay. What about you? Uh, I saw, I didn't see the first two in theaters. Um, but I believe I saw both Mockingjays in theaters, so I hadn't seen them since I watched them for the first time. So, and and they were they were pretty big on the internet and TikTok in March um, because they were back on Netflix, and now they are no longer on Netflix um, as of March thirtieth. Uh, but today uh, we just finished watching Mockingjay Part Two this morning, um, and so that is so we figured you know this is the perfect time to talk about um, revisiting them and you know how. They, um, how different it is watching them now versus watching them when we were younger. Totally. I was like still at an age where things were really scary to me when I watched them, especially the first two. Mm -hmm. And so I was like having to close my eyes during like the the tracker jacker scene in the first one and stuff like that. I also, I was the type of child that was scared during movies more than like the average kid my age. Mm -hmm. Um... But I remember, you know, liking them, yeah. re-watching them. They're, like, really good adaptations. Mm-hmm. Like, for a YA book series adaptation, they they're, they do a really good job. Mm-hmm. I'd say it's probably also one of the more intelligent YA series in general. Absolutely. Just based on um, how it handles its politics and its characters in relation to the politics. Yeah, Suzanne um, Collins And is... the metaphors and stuff. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Like, Suzanne Collins, most YA series will, like, acknowledge how hard the stuff the characters are going through, but, like, they don't delve into the trauma in mm-hmm. the way Suzanne Collins does. Yeah. Which I think makes it, like, way more inter- interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Not editing that out. We never do. No, we never do. Um. Yeah. So, the first one. The first one. I will say, when I was younger, I was like, Gail and Peter are both pretty cool. Rewatching, Gail is like an incel at yeah. times. <laughs> like, he's such a whiny bitch. The only one I can even really stand him in is Mockingjay Part 2, when they're just like in the battlefield together and stuff like that. He's still an incel. He always, Katniss kisses him multiple times throughout the movies. And every time he's like, well, you, you only did that because <laughs> like, he's like so annoying about yeah. it. Um, but like, you know, I like when he's, when they're all in, trying to get through the Capitol and he's, you know, fighting for people and like being brave and stuff. But then the weapons he helped build fucking bomb the shit out of Prim. Yeah. Spoilers. Yeah. That was, uh, like, every pretty much every time Gale was on screen in all four of the movies, we made some sort of, I hope hope he doesn't kill Prim joke or yeah, something. Yeah, there's a lot of, like, 
he was like frowning at the screen when he was watching PETA and Katniss kissing in like the first one. Yeah. And we were like, we were like, damn, that, that sucks. Hope he doesn't bomb her sister about it. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then, but, but, but you thought he, we're, we're getting a little ahead of ourselves, but you thought that he like literally himself killed Prim. Yes. Yes. I thought he like, I, well, like I didn't think he knew Prim was there, but like, no. I thought he like deployed the bomb just based mm-hmm. on how people talk about it online. Yeah. But instead it was just like, oh no, it was more like the bombs he helped develop and like his ideology and all of that yeah. is what killed Prim. So like that does make sense. Mm-hmm. Anyway, we should probably start at the first movie. Probably. Um, Which, like, also, if Gail's so obsessed with her and, like, so badly wanted to be there, he could have volunteered for PETA. Yeah. Yeah. Then he would have been kissing her in the arena. Exactly. Although, I I, I have a feeling he doesn't have the same, uh, he wouldn't have the same, like, media presence um, and be as beloved as PETA was. Probably. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, he would have been like... I like Katniss. And, and Caesar Flickerman would have been like, tell us more. And Gail would have been like, I've liked her for so long. Back from when we were kids in District 12. Exactly. Uh, yeah. That's a, such a good Gail impression. Thanks. Thanks. Honestly, kind of. <laughs> Caesar Flickerman is a highlight. Yeah, a- absolutely. He's I great. love, I mean, you know, always love the Tooch. Also, um, another highlight on this rewatch that I did not appreciate as much when I was younger, Effie. Mm-hmm. Elizabeth Banks destroys it as Effie. Yeah. She is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. It like my, you said yeah. while we were watching, m- maybe one of your favorite Elizabeth Banks parts. I think it's, if not my favorite, then the best. Um, I, th- I think so too. Because especially in Catching Fire, when they have the, the reaping with just the victors in district 12 oh. and she go and, and she says, and now for the female tribute and like, it, it's just Katniss. She knows it. Katniss knows it. Everyone knows it, but she has to like maintain you know, she's a, she's a socialite. She has to, like, sort of maintain that yeah. um, that air of, like, oh, I'm confident I'm doing what I'm supposed to do, and I'm going to look good doing it. And But but she's also, like, on the verge of crying yeah, the entire time. I don't know. She just gives Effie such depth. Mm-hmm. Like, Effie is such a real human being. Yeah. And I, I don't know. It's just phenomenal. Yeah. Uh, so Effie, definitely a highlight. Also pretty funny. I know everyone quotes the, like, that is mahogany thing <laughs> yeah. from the first one. Because, like, when it first came out, it was, like, the funniest line in the movie. Yeah. Which, I agree, the comedic timing of that line, like, the delivery is great. Yeah. Um, But, like, beyond just that, like, I liked her in the first one as comedic relief. But then beyond that, like a really nuanced performance. Mm-hmm. So absolutely. Effie was a highlight for me. Yeah. Um, her and Hamish both. I mean, I've always loved Hamish. And yeah. Lady yeah. Harrelson. Same. I think Hamish is just a fantastic character too. E- like e- each one of these characters is sort of symbolic of how the games affect people in a different way. Absolutely. Um, even if it's all like trauma related, because how else can you come away from the hunger games? Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's just different kinds of trauma. And I think that that's just very interesting. Yeah. Um, Oh, God, I had something I was going to say. but then I'm, I'm sure oh. it was so smart. I was going to say <laughs> one thing that... No, I, I was going to say, I said this to you when we were watching it. Yeah. And also, it might even be my Letterboxd review. When we watched Catching Fire, I realized a lot of YA series, when they get to, like, the second book and are trying to introduce new characters, mm-hmm. I tend to not like those new characters nearly as much. Mm-hmm. Catching Fire, every single new side character they introduce, all the victors, like, 
all of them are so great. Even the ones that die in Catching Fire and don't come back. Yeah. I think they're all really, really interesting characters. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. that's fantastic. Yeah. Um, one thing you mentioned about the first movie that I was thinking around that time um, was how well it's shot. Yeah. And how different that is from all other YA movies that I've ever yeah. seen. Even the stuff like there's maybe a little bit too much shaky cam for me. Yeah. I understand it. I think it's a like It's like disorienting. Yeah, it's a choice that makes sense for Katniss's mental state at a bunch of times. But like also the sound design, like they make a bunch of really cool choices with the audio. And I don't know, I just think that there's a lot of intention behind it. Like there it doesn't feel as much like, okay, we're going to do this money-making formula because it's a big, right. super popular book. Which, like, of course, that is kind of what's happening. Yeah. But also, like, it, it felt like the creative team behind these films was really trying to, like, do justice to the story in in all ways. Like, so I, th- I think the fact that it was shot in, like, you know, it wasn't super boilerplate all the time. They did, they didn't... They didn't shoot everything the exact way you would expect them to. Like, mm-hmm. they made choices. And even even though, like, you know, maybe I could have done with less shaky cam, uh, I still love that they were, like, doing things. Absolutely. If that makes any sense. Yeah, yeah. No, it was, it was, it's just done so differently from anything I've ever seen, um, or, or at least had seen up to that point. Mm-hmm. Because after this, you know... Um, there was Maze Runner, there was Divergent, which were sort of unfolding around the same time. And we all know the the dumpster fire that is Divergent. Um, but Maze Runner also tried to emulate, from what I can remember, tried to emulate this style pretty yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, um, or, or, or like to the best of its extent. I honestly don't remember how well it. And they I don't think it. any of these were like nearly as successful exactly. as the Hunger Games yeah. in their attempts. But like it did feel like the Hunger Games was being like, look... Here's what you can do with the YA format. Yeah, you know? we can be we can be violent and you know also be good and not like glorify the violence because I know like a lot of the um, a lot of the criticisms that I've seen um, about the Hunger Games are that it glorifies violence, which is I think people who make that accusation either have not seen it or completely missed the point. Yeah, because, you know, if they lean too heavy into the violence, then, like, aren't we just... Like, it's acting. It's not real. Like, we're not watching real kids die. (laughs) But we kind of are caught up in the spectacle of watching these people beat each other to death if the violence is too... Like, even in the cool action sequences where people are fighting and there's violence, like, you feel fear is prioritized a lot of the times. And also, like, the mental toll on like Katniss especially mm-hmm. whenever she has to commit acts of violence right. it's not like characters just like shake off what they've done yeah Every, well, and the ones sti- that do are like scary right like yeah. so so I think that that's really effective like you get to see fun action but also you get to see like the, you get to hear the ringing in Katniss's ears mm-hmm. and like how shaky her breathing gets. Jennifer Lawrence sells it really well. Yeah. Like, she's not like, oh, I'm a cool badass action hero that could do all these things and walk it off. She's right. like a cool badass action hero that's fucking terrified. Right. The whole, that's the whole plot of Mockingjay Part 1 is that they're trying to paint her as that cool hero who's ready to lead a revolution and she has no idea what the hell she's doing. Yeah. Um, which I think is like, and the fact, I mean, I know we're sort of jumping all around now, but the fact that they chose 
to make Mockingjay Part 2 basically about Katniss's insecurity about leading this revolution is, I think, just so... Wait, Part 2? Part 1. Part 1. Is, what I, is entirely what I meant to say. Um, it's, like, all being about how Katniss just isn't really sure if she has what it takes to do it and, and is Or just, if she wants to. Or if she wants to. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I, I just think that's such a good choice and is that and Harry Potter, I think are the gold standards for splitting your last book into two movies. I think those are the things that do it the best. Yeah. 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 Oh, well, and I think, I think the only reason, cause in rewatching Mockingjay part one, like I loved it. Mm-hmm. I think one of the big reasons people didn't like it nearly as much is just because it's more of a departure from the first two. Yeah. Like the first two have this like. Even though they really do show, like, how horrifying a lot of the stuff is, like, they still have, like, their fun, campy moments. Right. And also, like, a lot of the action still feels kind of fun. hmm Whereas Mockingjay Part 1 is, like, pretty real. Like, yeah. they're really just, like, this girl is traumatized. And, and there's less, there's less in the Mockingjay movies action that feels fun and more action that feels like you're watching atrocities be committed yeah which is the point yeah and and so i even though they feel different from the first two and are less like fun to watch i still think they're incredibly effective Mm -hmm. yeah and like almost the only way to appropriately end the story exactly it's it's not like they could just repeat themselves two more times after catching fire although you did point out while we were watching mocking j part 2 that it does like there was still some hunger games elements in it that they managed to incorporate with like the pods that they encounter yeah, while traveling which, i think that was a good way to do it yeah and also like you see the people katniss cares about dying more mm-hmm. in mocking j part 2 yeah it's like hunger games portion which like i yeah i thought it was a fun way to kind of give what you want from the hunger games which is like these these cool characters that you love fighting their way out of danger you know Mm -hmm. um i i think the using the game makers to trap the city the capital is a cool way to kind of get that same feeling without another Hunger Games because I don't think you can do the Hunger Games a third time. Right. Like you can't do another games. Um, even if catching fire had ended differently. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Um, other highlights, other highlights. Um, Katniss and Peeta's love story here. I'm still not certain that I'm completely sold on it. Um, on, on the story as a whole, because I feel like, it just sort of appeared from like Peta's perspective that he used like, like that he started to use it as a marketing thing at in the in the first games, um, but then he 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 sort of reveals that oh I've had these I've had these feelings for years, um, so I'm I'm not sure how much I still buy into that, but Katniss's feelings and and her process is now is even more crystal clear to me. Yeah, um, because she starts off like you know, like helping him in the first games and and being like, oh, I actually care about this person. But I don't think it's love at that point for her. Yeah, definitely. But then later on, she, it's not like, I can see how it might be interpreted as the lie that they come up with for her and Peta to like be, act like they're together and have like the, you know, like the fiance thing. Mm -hmm. Um, I think 
it could be interpreted as, oh, she just sort of gets too into that. But I don't think that's what it is. I think she just, gr- like, like I think the feelings just are no, very totally. real, but they're very gradual. It's not like it happens. Which I love. Just like it's that. It's not yeah. like, like, it doesn't feel like, oh, love triangle where she has to pick between Peter and Gail and she likes them both, but which one's right for her? Mm-hmm. Like, it really feels like she has love for Gail mm-hmm. in a different way than... He like I don't feel like at any point she really has romantic feelings towards Gail. Yeah. You, like she she feels like maybe that's what's supposed to happen at this point. Mm-hmm. But I don't think she ever seems to have romantic feelings. The slow burn romance, I fully buy into it. Mm-hmm. Just because I think Peta just very clearly just loves her from the mm-hmm. beginning. Yeah. And and use like he does use it as a marketing thing, but like it's it's real for him. Right. Um Whereas Katniss, again, it's Jennifer Lawrence's performance that really sells it for me because there were a couple of times where Ronan and I were watching and I would be like, oh, that's real. Like we would be like, oh, acting. She's Katniss is currently acting. Yeah. And then like Jennifer Lawrence's ability to kiss Peta and have the audience be able to tell whether or not she's acting during the kiss or if it's supposed to be a real kiss is it's so good mm-hmm. because like when Peta hits the force field and catching fire and and Katniss kisses him, we were both like, real, that's real. Yeah. And then later, I think in Mockingjay, either, yeah, I think part one, Finnick says that. Mm-hmm. He's like, oh, I totally thought it was an act. And then he hit the force field and you kissed him. And I was like, that's real. And I, we were like, yeah. oh, back in Catching Fire, that's yeah. what we said. Right, yeah. It's like, watch It's, it's almost like we are Finnick. Ex- exactly. <laughs> Which Finnick is another highlight character for yeah. me and the way he's written. I almost can... Um, except how the American accent kind of doesn't sound like a real American accent. It grew on me, I will say. The first time the it was first, really jarring. The first scene is when his American accent is the hey, worst. Hey, Katniss, I'm, I'm really American, really. <laughs> that is how it feels. Yeah. But then, but then I stopped noticing it. Yeah. Pretty right. much after that first scene. Mm-hmm. Also, he's just so hot. Okay. He's very, he's very charming. Yeah. Very hot. Yeah. We were, we did a lot of like looking up how different people won the games. Yeah. I looked for as many, like, different Hunger Games stories as I could, because, like, a lot of them are really, really interesting. Which Rowan was like, I would love to see a show where they just, in different episodes or seasons, explore different Hunger Games. And I was like, that would be so fun to watch. Also, I think directly goes against the point, because, like, then aren't we just capital people watching the Hunger Games? Like, that would be glorifying the violence. But also... I really would like to see how the different people won, mm-hmm. or at least like hear about it, or, or like how the people we know won. Yeah, like yeah. Finnick. Finnick's story is like really, you know, it's they, well, they I, say most up, of it. Yeah, and it was just like it was like, well, he's athletic and charismatic, and so he made allies and was good at killing people. Yeah, and he which knew how to use a trident. Makes, and I think that's really funny because like you expect them all to have unique stories, and it was just like, well, duh, Finnick won. Like yeah. he has the right skill set to win. And also, fun piece of trivia that we found: he, I think, got his trident as a sponsor gift, mm-hmm. and it was the most expensive sponsor gift any anyone had ever received in the Hunger Games. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, also, we looked up Hamish's story of winning the Hunger Games, which is my personal favorite. Yeah, and um, I think that one's in the books. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. Katniss is watching the tapes. I think but that's it's not where that's book. where the information is coming from. Yeah. Um, well, he, of course. Yeah. So Hamish figured out how to use. He threw. Um, he bumped into the force field, and he 
realized if he threw a rock at the force field, it bounced back. And so when it was down to one of, like, I think the last tribute, um, who was about to kill Hamish, had already, like, almost disemboweled him. Like, he was holding his intestines in while this was happening. He So she threw a spear or, like, a... Like a like a, an axe, an axe or something, at him. yeah, say. yeah, at him, and he ducked, and it hit the force field, and bounced back and killed her, and then, and and he was like super proud of himself, but the capital was in fact not, and um, and killed his, and killed every single one of his loved ones for sort of, you know, for messing with that, mm-hmm. uh, and that's why, and and pro- that's probably why he. You know, aside from the regular trauma of the games, that's probably why he turned to alcoholism. I think that is handled in such a fascinating way. Mm-hmm. Hamish's sobriety, like, is in the in Mockingjay, District 13 forces him to get sober. Yeah. I think that's fascinating because once he gets sober, you know, they they get him sober by just taking away any substances. Yeah. Like, they don't help him deal with his trauma or anything like that. Right. Because the moment he's back he's just kind of like i hate this like i really don't want to be sober right now like he says that a couple of times in the movie he's just like yeah this fucking sucks and i think that's interesting that they're not just like and now hamish is sober wow new hamish it's like a new person it's like no he's the same human being he just he's sober now and he still is just as traumatized just just depressed he's just deprived of his coping mechanism which like you know it is good that he's not drunk all the time but also his trauma doesn't go away just because he's not drinking anymore which i think that would be a trap that would be easy to fall into Mm -hmm. for a lesser writer than suzanne collins absolutely yeah and woody harrelson just sells everything oh Um, he's so good he's just so so good it's it's one of my favorite woody harrelson performances other than now you see me too that's a joke he's fun (laughs) and now you see me too he's significantly better as hamish though yeah um president snow thoughts on him this go around I think Snow is, I don't know, he's, Rowan at the end was like, Snow has how many minutes of screen time? Like 20 minutes across all four movies. Yeah. So not a lot. Yeah. Um, But he's such a presence. It like, it like hangs over everything. Like when they're talking, like even when they're not talking about him, he, you know, you can feel that he's watching. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. My, I, I don't know. I, I think Snow's pretty cool. Like a yeah. cool character. Mm-hmm. A good, like, I don't know, especially just after watching Succession, we were so, um, yeah. we were like, this is so Logan Roy coded. <laughs> like, if, Lo- oh, if Logan Roy could do the Hunger Games with, like, his enemies, like, kids, he totally would. Yeah. Totally. We were also watching. Thinning the herd. <laughs> we were also watching In Catching Fire when Plutarch Heavensby, who is actually one of the rebellion leaders, yeah. but is the game maker of the Quarter Quell, when he is, um like kind of feeding snow information about like ooh we should do this like we should we need to make Katniss killer allies in the arena because then people will turn on her and she won't be a symbol of hope once they see she's like every, yeah once mm-hmm. they see she's just like everyone else yeah. and stuff like that and we were like so fascinating that Plutarch is currently manipulating him because like if this was like Logan Roy it'd be like if Hugo was actually the mastermind <laughs> yeah. b- behind the whole thing yeah like Imagine watching the movie and not n- having read the books. Right. That would have been such a shock yeah. that Plutarch was in it. I mean, it was a shock when I read the books. Yeah. So um, cool. And also, Snow is so often the manipulator and the one that is pulling the strings that to see him be the one who's sort of played with is is great. It's, yes. It's so satisfying, yes. even if it's not like, even if it's not the end. 
Uh, yes. It's, it's just so... When I love that it's not the end. Yeah. I think yeah. it's so cool that, like, they get the best of him, but also, like, he ends up with PETA, and now right. he has this right. weapon to use it's, against it's not them, a, It's too. not a clean getaway. Um, yeah, but uh, I love Donald Sutherland. He's the actor who plays Snow. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's so good. Um, and he also really sells um, the fact that I feel like even before the first movie, I think Snow knows that he's going to die soon. Yes. Um, because he, I, is it the first or the second movie when he drinks and then blood comes out of his? I couldn't no, tell you. It's it's one of those. Um, but he, I, I, I think throughout all four of these movies, he knows that he's going to die pretty darn soon. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think in the books, it specifies that after um, Katniss kills President Coyne and the crowd, like, storms him, he chokes on his own blood and dies before the crowd can get to him. Oh, interesting. So I think, like, he was pretty much on death's door this whole time, so he was like... Which, what was his plan? Who's taken over after him? I I don't know. (laughs) That, I will say, that is one of the only things that I don't fully buy into, Mm -hmm. is that a system like this requires so many people to prop it up Mm -hmm. like it's not like there can be just one evil guy that you know kind of runs it all but like one evil person isn't enough for a system Mm -hmm. with this much evil like it's got to be a lot of people who are buying into the evil and propping the system up right and they kind of show that but it seems like everyone's just kind of a yes man for snow. Yeah, like even like Seneca Crane, mm-hmm. who is like objectively evil, they don't really show him in that evil of a light. Yeah. Like they kind of show him as like Snow's puppet. Yeah. And pretty much everyone is Snow's puppet. And you know, it's cool that he's the big mastermind, but also it does kind of take away the like the the blame and the it, it you know, it makes them seem complicit rather than, like, agents of destruction right. and... Which is what I think they really are. I think that's one of my biggest issues with Snow in general is mm-hmm. too much of the blame can be on him and him alone. Right. When it's actually a whole bunch of people that are, like, really allowing some atrocities to happen. Mm-hmm. Which, on the topic of allowing atrocities to happen, what are the other countries in the world doing? Because this movie... <laughs> The Hunger Games, Pan Am, yeah. is in America. Yes. In the future. Mm-hmm. Some some unspecified future. But it takes place in America. Mm-hmm. So where? what about the rest of the world? Does that is that specified in the books? Uh, I don't believe so. Because it's a lot of human rights violations being committed. Yeah. I think in this uh, w- world, either the rest of the countries in the world are either like just gone like destroyed for whatever reason yeah. or are in similar states or in similar states or they're not in community I, I assume they're not in communication with each other oh. either that or each country is sort of gone the post-world war one u.s route of just being entirely isolationist and not really bothering with what any other countries are doing and just sort of being self-sustained yeah um because they don't want to bother with what the rest of the world cares about what they're doing they just want to do their own thing makes sense yeah um, so this had, you know, of course this is, you know, so long in the future that that is a pot. Like I'm assuming after some sort of n- nuclear war. Probably. You know, I don't know. Yeah. Because honestly, from what we've seen in these movies, there are not that many people left in this country. Yeah. It doesn't feel like there's crazy amounts of people. Yeah. 
Um, like there are what, 10,000 people in District 12? Yeah, and even though we only see like a couple hundred at a time. Yeah, yeah. Because we were like, how are they all there for the reaping? Yeah. Like how many people are there? Right. It didn't seem like that many. Yeah. Then again, they do sort of stray away from like showing too many wide shots. That's so true. They could sort of say, "Oh, it was it was all ten thousand who were there." Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, makes sense. Um, when Katniss actually volunteered, she had to walk like a mile up. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, yeah, no. Um, I you know I don't know if I want to know too much about like what the rest of the world is. Oh yeah, doing. I don't really care. I just want to know how they got to that point. Yeah, personally. Yeah. Um. Although I don't know if that would like ruin the mythology or whatever. Suzanne Collins can do what she wants. Yeah. And, and we can have our own headcanon until then. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Um, when did you read the books? I couldn't tell you. Yeah. I feel like I started, I don't know, maybe it was middle school. I think it might maybe it was middle school too. Maybe I read or started the first one. I think I my mom read the first one out loud to me mm. or my dad. But, like, I read them with my family. Mm-hmm. That might have started in, like, fifth grade. Interesting. Perhaps. Yeah. What about you? Middle school? Yeah, middle school. I think around sixth grade, which mm-hmm. was, I think, when Mockingjay came out. Yeah. Uh, and I was like, well, I want to watch these movies. I want to know what all the hype is about. Might as well read the books first. Yeah. And that I did. I, I read books a lot faster um, in, in those days. I think I read all of them pretty, pretty, pretty fast. Yeah. They're good, easy books to read books. quickly. Yeah. And also good lengths. Mm-hmm. They're like, what, like 200 pages Yeah, something? I don't know exactly. Or I think they get progressively longer. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so which of the four movies was your favorite? I think Catching Fire. Yeah. yeah. Catching Fire by is the best far, one. By far. Yeah. Um, because it takes everything that's great about the first one, makes it better, introduces a ton of great new characters. Yes. And it's, yeah. Yeah, and totally. they don't even go into the arena for like... A it's, solid hour and a half. Yeah, yeah. It's only, like, the whole first half of the movie is some District 12 mm-hmm. and, like, Katniss's life after the games. And then a lot of prepping for the games in the capital, mm-hmm. meeting these new characters, which I love. Because the first Hunger Games is really fun, but Katniss is pretty isolated most of the time. Yeah. Um, And then, you know, she's with Rue or Peta. Like, she's one ally at a time. The Catching Fire, you know most of the characters. Mm-hmm. Like... And so you get to see her interacting with these different people. And also, I love the dynamic throughout Catching Fire. I remember loving it in the books, too, of especially rewatching. Like, once you know everything that happens, mm-hmm. you know that all these characters that she's aligned with know they're not going to kill each other. Right. But Katniss has never been in, a lo- in an alliance with anyone other than Peeta. And when she... Or Rue, who was yeah. a child. Yeah. But when she and Peeta were aligned, that was after they were already, like... Two people can win if they're from the same district. Like, mm-hmm. she knew there wasn't a threat Peter was going to kill her. Yeah. But Catching Fire, she's has to work with a group of people that she doesn't know very well. And she thinks they have it in their interest to kill her and Peter. Mm-hmm. And so she's kind of, like, always in her head. She doesn't want to kill anyone. Especially these people that she like has relationships with now but in her mind it's always if i don't kill them now are they gonna kill me or are they gonna kill Peta? Mm -hmm. and so watching her be like so constantly on edge is like really fun for me especially with like finnick and joanna who know that they don't have to worry about each other or anything right and so the two of them are kind of just like come on guys like let's go yeah (laughs) 
Um, and also, you know, most of them, I think Plutarch says in the next movie, most of them are, most of the tributes are in on it. Yeah. And so they, and, and, and so it's fun going back to it now, sort of trying to guess who is and who isn't in on it. Yeah. Uh, and, and it, like, when, if you look at it that way, it's very easy to tell because the ones that aren't are the ones that are trying to kill them. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I, I think it's just, uh, like, these are, it's a really interesting rewatch. So if you yeah. haven't gone back. Yeah, the pregame stuff is really fun in Catching mm-hmm. Fire. Also, the games in Catching Fire are so fun. Yeah. I love what Suzanne Collins does with the arena, and they really execute on it in the movie. Literally. Like, <laughs> like, like all the crazy things that are happening, they make it look really good, mm-hmm. and they make it feel really real. Yeah. Like, the fog, they sell it. Yep. That this fog is burning them. The crazy monkeys look really good. Yeah. The birds. Oh my God. When the Jabberjays start screaming out as Finnick and Katniss's loved ones Mm -hmm. and they're trapped in there for a full hour and you can like see the shock and like just horror on their faces while they're in there. Like it all works so well. And the giant wave, the lightning, it like the budget for Catching Fire is significantly more than the budget for the Hunger Games. Mm -hmm. It. Or at least that's how it seems. I think it it, it was. I mean, that would make yeah. sense yeah. with how successful the first one was. Mm-hmm. But they use their budget really well. Exactly. That's you know it, a lot of uh, a lot of sequels. I think should take cue from Catching Fire. Uh, yes. In, in like in order to you know don't abuse your budget but use it well. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, I was not aware how. Uh, that Philip Seymour Hoffman actually died during production of Mockingjay. Yeah. Like a couple months before they were, they were done. And so yeah, going... Because Mockingjay part one says... Yeah. In memory of... Yeah, I think he died February of... 2014 and yeah. Mockingjay came out that, that November or something. Uh, and so going back now, it's very clear the adjustments that they had to make at the end of Mockingjay part two to totally. accommodate. Um, like I can imagine uh, Plutarch would have come to Katniss in person to deliver what Hamish says in the letter at the end. Yeah, which, um, I mean, maybe in the books it's a letter. Right. Or it doesn't happen at all. But yeah. I, st- I think the decision to have Hamish deliver it... I think it was a great ...works really choice. well, too. Yeah. Um, and I think Hamish and Effie um, should get married and fall in love and be in love. <laughs> That's... Yeah. I ship them more than any other... Actually, no. Annie and Finnick are phenomenal. I, mm-hmm. I love Annie and Finnick. Um... But Hamish and Effie deserve to be together. Anyway, continue. I was just going to say, uh, you can see, you can catch CGI Philip Seymour Hoffman at the end when he's uh, loitering by the new president. Yes. Um, and, and yeah, it, it's, it's, he's, I think, I don't know how necessarily, um, like, I don't think he's doing anything with the character of Plutarch that's just entirely new in terms of his acting. Because mm-hmm. I think, like, he's, just a phenomenal and a, like a really great um he, he like he's really a chameleon i think he can play anything mm-hmm. um and here he he's playing like a just a pretty standard character um but i think he does especially in catching fire a lot of subtleties yeah. really really well yeah especially going back and and, and looking at it mm-hmm. you can see that he's clearly enjoying manipulating snow yes um, which you i almost as i'm watching plutarch in catching fire and mocking jay part one I'm like, is this guy a good guy? Yeah. Like, he's on the side of justice. But yeah. some of the things he does and says, I'm like, I don't need, I don't know, man. Like, yeah. you might be 
you might be enjoying parts of this that you shouldn't be. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, he was a game maker and he, of course, he says he volunteered to be the head game maker. Um, and I think, you know, he, you can't become a game maker and not be a little fucked up. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I, like, you know, who knows when he decided to assist with the rebellion. Maybe it was before he even became a game maker in the first place. Yeah. Um, but, you know, who knows how much was real and how much was an act. Yeah. Um, Were there any characters that you didn't like that that you weren't supposed to dislike necessarily? Hmm. There's one for me. Do you remember who? I would yell every single time they came on the screen. Uh, I can't say that I do. No. Just fucking annoyed me in Mockingjay. Oh, was it? It wasn't. Not Prim. No. No, no, no. No, um, no I like Prim. She's a sweetie. I hope she doesn't die. I think she's underused. Yeah. No, well, I, I think we looked. She has like 12 minutes of screen time in the whole series. Yeah. And she's really effective. Mm -hmm. and, I mean, um, we care when she dies. It's not like totally. we're entirely emotionally disconnected. But I care more because of like what I, it's been established that she means for Katniss. Right. Yeah. And like how she was the reason Katniss started on this whole journey. Mm -hmm. And for the journey to end... Like, for Victory to come with Prim's death, which, mm -hmm. like, that's the whole thing she wanted to avoid from the beginning. Right. Um, anyway, Cressida. Cressida. I was, yeah. Cressida. I was, I was, I was, I was thinking when you were... She's, like, the director saying. of the propos mm -hmm. in, when they're out in the field. Yeah. And she's just, it's just annoying because... Do you not like Cressida or, or do you not like Natalie Dormer? No, I don't like Cressida. Interesting. It has nothing to do with the acting. Yeah. It's when I don't think we're supposed to necessarily love Cressida yeah. the whole time. Yeah. Because it's a lot of like Katniss is dealing with an insanely emotional moment mm -hmm. and like is really feeling things. And Cressida's like, Katniss, tell everyone what you're seeing. <laughs> Katniss, what are you feeling right now? And and then she'll be like talking to the camera guy, like to yeah. Castor and Pollux, like at, at like flaming side of hospital and stuff like that she's like guys you get the wide angle katniss yeah. can you tell everyone what you're standing in front of and it's like she's talking to a child yeah. and it's like she's not a child she's just traumatized um crescent is the only character I, I didn't like when they were on screen yeah uh, but then i started liking her more towards the end mm -hmm. like at the when end, she stopped speaking look who it is Oh my gosh, Connor's home. Oh my god, here he is. Wait, I thought you were in the city. Are you doing a podcast? Yeah. Yeah, we're doing a podcast yeah. on the Hunger Games. Come in and say hi. Come in and say hi. Come, Come in and say, say hi. hi. Come in and say hi. I've seen the Hunger Games. Yeah. Simmy, what are your thoughts real quick? Oh, this is Connor and Simmy. Hello. My favorite thing was the fire dress. My favorite thing was Tucci. <laughs> the Tooch. The Tooch. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna take a quick break uh, while Connor and Timmy absolutely fucking ransack the room. Hell yeah. We'll be right back. A message from our sponsors. Hi, are you looking to fight other people? <laughs> <laughs> Throughout this great nation, never have we been more unified. Because now more than ever, Pan Am is speaking with one voice. The capital and the districts bound together in solidarity. Together. Rebel Underground. We have audio, but no video. We are forging a stronger future. This is a pirate transmission from District. Stand by for signal. Repeat. This is a pirate transmission from District 13 with a message. The Mockingjay lives. Wow. 
What a fantastic advertisement that was. <laughs> and we're back. And we're back. Welcome back to the pod. The podcast. Okay, so what are we talking about now? Um, well, we just talked about Cressida, whom you did not like. Okay, we're, we are moved on past that. Let's rank the movies. Sounds good. Sounds okay. good. Um, my would go, mine would go Catching Fire, um, Hunger Games, Mockingjay Part... Honestly, probably Mockingjay Part 1 and then Part 2. I think same. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Which I think when I was younger, it would have gone Catching Fire, Hunger Games, Part 2, Part 1. Mm-hmm. Same. I have a new appreciation for Part 1. Yeah. So, yeah, probably Catching Fire, Hunger Games, Mockingjay 1, Mockingjay 2. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which they're all good. I would watch exactly. any of them again. Agreed. So. Agreed. Um, yeah. It's 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 just some a lot of this I understood, but pr- probably didn't necessarily fully appreciate when I was younger and reading the books and watching the movies. And now, honestly, kind of makes me want to go back to the books. Kind of makes me want to revisit same. those. I've been thinking about that. Yeah. Like anytime we would be like, hmm, I wonder what the lore is behind this. I'm like, yeah. ah, I know they talk about it in the books. And, I and now I'm know. like, I don't want to know. Yeah. Um, Maybe we'll do a book club. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Hung- Hunger Games book club. Yeah. Yeah, that's how we'll that's how we'll pass the time uh, this summer. <laughs> we had a lot of fun watching these in over the course of a couple of days. Mm-hmm. We watched all of them. Yeah, we want to do it again with some different franchises. Mm-hmm. So be on the lookout for those. Yeah, we were thinking Maze Runner and the like Ocean's Eleven franchises mm-hmm. are both fun ones. Yeah. Another YA franchise, kind mm-hmm. of building off Hunger Games. Yeah, and also the Ocean's movies are fun. Yes, so, at least the ones we've seen are fun. If you have other franchises you really want us to watch, um, head over to our TikTok. At runtime, yeah. babe. Um, we have some fun content. And uh, I don't know. Leave us a comment. Mm-hmm. Tell us if there's other franchises you think would be fun for us to see or for us to talk about. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And uh, tell us whose voice you like listening to more. Oh, that's not very kind. No, probably not. Well, towards one of us. True. <laughs> the other one's going to have the best day of their lives. <laughs> anyway, um, there's a new Hunger Games movie coming out in november so i'm i'm assuming we'll probably do an episode on that i'm sure we that will comes out. you've read the book for that one i have read. The i book. have not yes it's about it's like a president snow prequel origin mm-hmm. story yeah during i think the 10th hunger games or something like that yeah um when he's still a young uh, a young man um so yeah i'm i'm i've been hearing a lot of stuff about like the 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 um test screenings that they've had for those for that mm-hmm. one and, and and stuff that's going on with that. So I'm very, very excited. I'm um, less excited, but like, yeah. I'll go see it. I'm sure if you read the book, I think you'd be more excited. Yeah. And if you read the book and liked the book. See, from what you've told me, like you would kind of be like, oh, that song, the hanging tree or whatever, mm-hmm. that song was actually written by a tribute from District 12 in the prequel that also happened to be like in a romance with Snow. Mm-hmm. And for me, it's like, I kind of like that some of the lore goes unexplained, mm-hmm. where it's just like, oh, this is like a, a folk song that they know. And so I kind of don't want everything explained, you know? Mm-hmm. I want... No, I agree. I think there has to be, like, you know, you got to maintain a sense of mystery. And also, if you do prequels, don't do prequels specifically for the um, the purpose of explaining things and in general i don't think this prequel is created for that purpose i think it's just to give more insight on the characters and the world like 60 years before we but also like you know finding out things like snow was in love with a girl from 12 or something like Mm -hmm. that and that is why he's more predisposed to hate katniss i'm like i i don't know i kind of like the whole he 
he hates her for the symbol she becomes and the power she has to inspire people. Like, mm-hmm. I don't I don't need extra info about yeah. why he might hate her because of, like, stuff from his past. Like, I kind of like that she's a threat to what he represents. And yeah. that's, like, I don't need more. And so I think that's the only reason I'm a little bit less excited than you. Mm-hmm. But it definitely has the opportunity to like blow me away yeah so yeah. who's directing it do you know uh the same director as the last three hunger games okay Francis awesome Lawrence. so yeah that so at least there's that gonna be some more some consistency, consistency on the technical yeah. side um but uh yeah uh so davis where can the people find you on the internet if they'd like to uh if you want at davy mjolnir on most social media letterbox tiktok all that um and at davis underscore maths at, mm-hmm. on twitter and I'm at uh, Rowan Boat, I believe, on Letterboxd, and Bits of Joel on Twitter, and TheLenientCritic.com if you want to read my uh, film articles and reviews and such. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. So thank you guys for listening. We really, really appreciate it. And we'll be back next week with another episode. Yeah. Bye. Bye. Love you.